Welcome to the one and only Circle City Setup with your host and the one and only Zach Griffin. Hello! <laughs> Welcome to Circle City Cinema. I am your host, Zach Griffith, and I'm joined as always on the Book of Boba Fett recap episodes by none other than my good friend, Bryce Shaddy. Hello, Zachary. How are we? Bryson, how do you do? I'm well. I'm well. Gotta say. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Bryce, um... A very present tense episode this week. Only one flashback. Yes. You know, to this point with the series, we're used to a nice little mix. Uh, Maybe even some episodes have more flashbacks than present, but not this one. This one was very uh, in the moment, in the now, and we're going to talk about it. I can't wait to talk about it. We got a lot of great stuff for this episode. A nice little new category at the end that we're going to start yes yes we're gonna start including that in each episode uh going forward so i can't wait it's a star wars theme category yes i think i'm gonna shock you on this Uh, well we talked about it at work uh yeah we we talked about it at work i don't know where you're gonna go with it i'm curious we're i don't know what you're gonna do well Listen, as I sip my Bailey's coffee, <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was going to do either. I made a last second audible. I got I the line of scrimmage. just did. Yeah, I got to the line of scrimmage and I pulled a, I pulled a Peyton Manning, changed the play, pulled a sheriff out of Beautiful. my ass. And Interesting. Interesting. All right. All right. All right. Well, as always, uh, good things we've seen lately. So, Bryce, I'm going to let you go first because you entered this Zoom informing me you had just finished a masterpiece by Christopher Nolan for the first time. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I you're getting a live reaction here, folks. This is a live reaction. Yes. Memento. I just finished it. Guy Pierce. Uh, early, early Chris Nolan. Well done. If you don't stick with it, you get lost very easily. You really don't know what happened. Uh, you don't know who to trust. You don't know what to believe. Until the very end. And folks, if you haven't seen it, it'll shock you. I was I, I wasn't I wasn't incredibly shocked, but I was it was interesting to see how this character came to where the where you are at the beginning of the movie. And it's sad. It's sad. You feel for the guy. It is sad. Um, you just you, you, you know, you wish you could just fix it. Things don't make sense. But nonetheless, it's a great film. I won't watch it again. Probably not. You won't. Probably not. I probably won't. I. I it's. It's such a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Wow. You won't watch it again. To no, man. It's maybe a tragedy. Follow the plot a little. A little closer. No, I feel like I'm good. I feel like I'm good on the plot. It's just. It's. It's a tragedy, man. It's devastating. It really it is. is. It makes me sad. It is a tragedy. I'm sure most of the listeners have heard of it, but. Memento, you know, in short, is just a murder mystery told in reverse. It's told backwards. Uh, there's videos on YouTube of Christopher Nolan trying to... He's uh, he's at a chalkboard and he's drawing the timeline of Memento. 
and there's all kinds of arrows going in all kinds of directions and it's really hard to follow but in his mind it makes sense so i guess and that's all that matters that's all that matters i guess as long as it makes sense to him the genius can uh, we get a chalkboard for tenant can we get a chalkboard for tenant then dude <laughs> i don't I, <laughs> fucking hell you'll need like three chalkboards <laughs> oh my god you need like three chalkboards i had to read <laughs> i've seen that movie three times <sighs> and i still before we did our pod on it last year i still had to read the plot online it's giving me a headache just thinking about it. I mean, but I don't think it's a movie that we'll ever fully understand. Probably not. Probably not. Tenet, probably not. And but it's very rewatchable. Very. All, all, all of his movies are rewatchable. In, in the same way, kind of with Memento, you can watch it. I've seen it like five times. I still, there's still parts where I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where are we right now? Where does where are we in the timeline? Yeah, right. Know. Yeah, I, yeah, totally. So I don't know. Guy Pierce was awesome. You get some uh, post Matrix Carrie Ann Moss, so that's cool. You get Joe Pantoliano. He's always great. I like him. He's he's just a great, just a great character actor. He's just great. He is played a great villain in The Sopranos. Uh, he played Ralph in The Sopranos, uh, one of the most hated. Sopranos characters of all time. Uh, great actor. He's been in a bunch of movies. The Fugitive, um, Memento. God, fuck, I can't. Is a shitload of movies. A, a lot. You, a lot. You know, you know his face. So Memento, it's on HBO Max right now. Uh, to my knowledge, it's going to stay there, so you can check it out. It was the second movie, the second feature film Nolan ever made. Technically, the first, if you, because it had it had a wide release. His first movie did not have a wide release. But what a what a start to your career, Memento. What a fucking start. All right. Uh, what about what else have you watched, Bryce? Um, not a lot, man. I've been pretty busy. Um, you know, I'm continuing my succession journey. Um, I uh, I am on the season finale of season two. I am about halfway through the episode. Okay. Um, good. I did view the first episode of Peacemaker. <laughs> Zach. Um, have it. You can have it. You can have it, Bryce. It's interesting. Okay. I don't know if I'll stick with it. We oh, shall whoa, see. Whoa. Whoa, why are you up my ass to watch it? I'm just, I'm just, uh, look, look, I'm just reflecting on it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see. With your legal team. We'll see. I I have no further comment at this time. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, For me, I've been busy on the watching front. I, uh, one of my 10 favorite movies of all time, Gone Girl. I watched that. On oh, Sunday, actually, right? we we both watched this this past week. We both yes. did. And? We 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 introduced that to our significant others. Um, I think it went well. My 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 uh, my so did, was not a fan of the ending. Hmm. I think I think I'm getting her used to movies that don't have happy endings. Um, and, and unfortunately, like a lot of uh, great films, don't have happy endings. Well, here's my question. Just it to you and her and Abby about Gone Girl. What would have been a happy ending for this movie? What would have been a happy ending? Because Nick sucks. 
I mean, if you can feel sorry for Nick all you want. Yeah, I felt sorry for him. He I sucks. do. I feel sorry for him. He sucks. Not a good guy. Uh, Amy, not a Amy, good woman. Amy, the devil. So what's what's a happy ending? She's actually dead, and he goes to jail. That's what would happen. I don't. Maybe know. they both die. Maybe Nick. I don't know. I don't know. Hard for me to see Nick running away and getting. I don't know. What a rewatch, though. What a rewatch. You just ah, uh, it invokes so much emotion when you're done watching. You're like, mm, mm. it's angry. It's uh, it's just so, it's so hard. Also, one of the great Oscar tragedies of all time. Absolutely, Rosamund uh, Pike. You deserved your flowers. But I will not get into that. If you want to hear my take on that, you can go listen to our Gone Girl pod from like a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, so you can listen to that. Next, uh, the new Scream movie. Me and Abigail ventured to the AMC. Now you're not gonna release. You're not gonna reveal too much here. I'm not. I'm not. Bryce has not seen it yet. I'm sure much of our audience hasn't seen it yet either. But. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the ending, but my personal feelings aside and just looking at it objectively, it's probably the second best in the Scream series. Uh, I still prefer Scream 3. Um, obviously, the first one is the best. Also one of my 10 favorite movies, but oh, it's so good. Scream 3 is my second favorite, and this is probably my third favorite. So... And the fourth one being dead last. So I, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I thought it was a return to form for the series, especially after how bad the fourth one was. I know that was 10 years ago, but it was, it was, it was bad. And this was a really nice, I agree with Nev Campbell's quote now, because before this movie came out, Bryce sent me a quote saying from Nev Campbell saying, this reminds me of the first scream. And I agree with her. It was very, very good. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. We'll talk about that later in the news section. I also watched Punch Drunk Love, Paul Thomas Anderson movie uh, starring Adam Sandler. It was Adam Sandler's first dramatic role. Uh, it's kind of a rom-com too, but it's mostly dramatic. Adam Sandler plays... It's, a, it's the perfect Sandler role, Bryce. Uh, Sandler plays uh, a small business owner. No luck with women. Uh, and he is prone to flipping out every now and then, having massive temper tantrums. But most of the time, he's level-headed, kind of socially awkward, but he's a level-headed guy. So it's really the perfect Sandler rule. And it's about him falling in love with this uh, British woman. And he follows her to Hawaii. And he's also caught up in like a credit card scam. So there's a lot going on, but... It's a really great movie. Paul Thomas Anderson, one of the greats. And then uh, a show I just started, Chernobyl. Chernobyl, also on HBO Max. You're snubbing succession for this. It's embarrassing. Listen, Chernobyl is five episodes. I'll plow through Chernobyl, and then I'll get into succession. Okay? I don't believe you. Okay? Well, I will. I don't believe you. That's how it's going to work. I'm telling you right now. So, Chernobyl... Uh, a 9.4, Bryce, on IMDb. 9.4 out of 10. And I'll give a mini block in the back, since we're not talking about Chernobyl today. I'll give a mini block in the back to the Chernobyl admin. They were told in the first episode that they're, by their engineers, their trusted, experienced engineers, 
told the Chernobyl admin that the nuclear reactor core had exploded. It was no longer there. And the admin said, go check again. That's impossible. And they had like eight people go check and come back with the same answer. And they just kept sending new people. So admin incompetence reminds me of the Knicks. Uh, oh, the Knicks. You know, so interesting. Perhaps interesting. it also reminds me of our Pacers this year. So incompetence. Uh, I hate to do it. Uh, now on to the news. This bit of news I'm going to talk about first because I forgot to put it in last week. Uh, Sidney Poitier, one of the great actors of all time, died a couple weeks ago. Uh, he lived a very long life. He lived into his 90s. He was 94. So he was uh, the first black man to win Best Actor. He won it for Lilies of the Field in 1964. He also won an honorary Academy Award for Services to Cinema in 2002. And he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2009, which is the highest honor a regular citizen can get in the United States. So Sidney Poitier, one of the GOATs, uh, will be missed. A lot of celebrities dying lately. Sidney Poitier, Betty White, Bob Saget. So tough. Uh, notable movies for Sidney Poitier. If you want to, if you're curious, In the Heat of the Night, probably his most famous movie. Guess who's coming to dinner and stir crazy. So you got a comedy at the end there, some dramas as well. So Sidney Poitier, RIP. Uh, moving on to some box office news. Scream becomes the first movie to dethrone Spider-Man No Way Home at the weekend box office. I feel like you just put this in here so you could talk about two of your favorite franchises. Maybe I did, Bryce. Maybe okay. I did. Okay. I mean, this is pretty important news, yeah. I think. Uh, sh- sure, sure. You just want to talk about Scream and Spider-Man because you've never lived a more happier life in cinema than you are right now. Listen. Well, that has me thinking. That might be true. That actually might be true. I can't think of a happier time. Maybe uh, summer 2012. You had uh, you had a. Uh, oh, we were talking about this. This Spider-Man, tweak. Batman, and Avengers in the same. We were talking about this in yes. the same summer. And Men in Black. Well, we are getting Batman we in a couple months Batman too, and we're getting Morbius. Well, we should have had Morbius already, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Yeah, whatever, whatever. We'll talk about Morbius later on, but. Scream dethroned Spider-Man at the weekend box office. It raked in $34 million in its opening weekend. Uh, if you want to know what that means, the movie only costs like $25 million to make. So they're on their way of making money. They will make well over 100 if not 200 so they're going to be fine. Uh, no Way Home, by contrast, made $25 million this past weekend. Uh, still, this movie came out a week before Christmas, still making $25 million every weekend. It has earned over $700 million domestically. That is the fourth highest ever in U.S. history. So, yeah. Uh, the only movies ahead of it are Avatar, Endgame, and The Force Awakens. So that's the kind of company it's keeping. So I don't want to hear anybody blame COVID for a movie failing anymore. Please, please don't. Okay, Eternals, I'm talking to you. I'm talking yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's right. And don't boast about your Disney Plus ratings. <laughs> please, please. So, yeah, Scream, uh, Dethrone Spider-Man. Wouldn't be surprised, though, if No Way Home goes back on top because I was telling Bryce this earlier. Uh, when, End- when Endgame came out, John Wick 3 
was the first movie to dethrone that. Uh, that was like a, a month and a half into Endgame's release. John Wick 3 dethroned Endgame, and then Endgame, like the next week, went back on top. So don't be surprised if No Way Home goes back on top. If you're a degenerate like me and track the box office, uh, don't be surprised. Some MCU news. That'll lead us into some big MCU news. A trailer. The first Moon Knight trailer was released last night during the Cardinals-Rams playoff game. Or should I say the shithousing? Yes. Uh, Premieres on March 30th. We finally get a release date. Bryce, what do you think of this trailer? This was awesome. This was awesome. I I loved every minute. I didn't know what was happening. Um, You know, Oscar Isaac, of course, is the first thing that pops up on your screen. He has no idea what's happening in the world around him. All of a sudden, he transforms into Moon Knight. He's beating the crap out of people. You see a creepy Ethan Hawke. Um, Very creepy. You see Moon Knight jumping in the night. Giving me Batman vibes. Um, yes. I can't wait. It looks dark. I like that for the MCU. I, you know, I think we're past the the kid stuff. I think we're done. I think we're we're getting a little bit past that. It's time to to go into some darker characters, which is going to be great. Um, maybe get in touch with the Netflix side if you know what I mean. If you've seen the Netflix shows, so I'm very excited for this show. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up, getting darker, because the MCU can do with that. I mean, No Way Home was pretty dark. Uh, Eternals, as mixed as the reviews were, or as bad as the reviews were, I heard it was pretty dark at times. Uh, We have Blade on the horizon. We have Multiverse of Madness on the horizon. So some dark stuff coming. Uh, Starring, as Bryce said, Oscar Isaac as Mark Spector. Moon Knight, uh, Ethan Hawke as the cult leader, Arthur Harrow, who uh, Ethan Hawke says was inspired by David Koresh. That's um, definitely a good role model to look up to. If you uh, don't know, if you're playing a cult leader, David Koresh, uh, a good good model to to base your role off of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Six episodes, 40 to 50 minutes each. As we know, they like to fuck us with the credits, so that probably means like 35 minutes, but I'll take it. I will take it. Fine by me. A little bit on Moon Knight, since I know... uh, Listen, I'm not going to act like I read Moon Knight comics or, you know, went to the store every week and got Moon Knight comics because I didn't, (laughs) but... uh, The only time I ever read books with him, he was in the Avengers. He did have a little stint in the Avengers. But a little bit on him. If you don't know much about him, he's the son of a rabbi. He's a former U.S. Marine and CIA operative turned mercenary. So assassin, basically. Uh, He's often referred to as Marvel's version of Batman due to his detective skills and his high-tech weaponry. And like I said, hopefully, you know, based on this trailer, it's going to be a dark, dark. I mean, I didn't see a lot of comedy. I didn't pick up on a lot of comedy in this trailer. So no. Uh, which is fine with me. I mean, it's fine yeah. with me. I, I like I like the dark side of MCU. So, yes, Bryce. Since you're a 4K aficionado, I'm gonna let ah, yes. I'm gonna let you take this next. Yes, 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 yes. So we get to talk about this two weeks in a row. So we're gonna talk about Godfather here. <clears throat> we finally saw it popped up for a pre-order 
on Amazon, the Godfather trilogy remastered in 4K resolution. In addition to the home video release, we are getting a 4K restoration in theaters next month, towards the end of next month. Uh, Zach, I was I was extremely disappointed, though. I looked up uh, the price of tickets to go see the first Godfather in theaters. Mm-hmm. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. I, 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 come on. Come on. It's a little high. If you want us to go see it, if you want us to go see it, lower the price, please. Please. But nonetheless, I'm very excited. Um, what do you get in the 4K release? Are we talking about the tragedy that is the third Godfather? Well, you are getting that. <laughs> but not only are you getting that, you are getting Godfather Coda, which I have heard is a better cut of Godfather 3. Do I know this for a fact? I do not. But there is a wide positive response surrounding the Godfather Coda, the death of Michael Corleone. Very. So I'm very interested to see that. I will be trying to add that to my to my collection as soon as possible. Very excited, Zach. Very, very, very excited. I'm very excited too. There was a trailer for it at Scream, and it looked. We were in the Dolby Cinema, uh, you know, which is more for audio enhancement. Which, by the way, it was it was awesome. It was very loud. It was very loud. It was like the IMAX of sound. It was very loud. Uh, but there was a trailer for it. It looked awesome. You could tell. It, you could tell. It, I mean, it just deserved. It's one of the make a case greatest movie of all time. Uh, I think the second one is the greatest movie of all time, and they look phenomenal. Brando and Pacino looked phenomenal in 4K. Uh, Coppola had a quote about the release. He said, "I'm very proud of The Godfather, which certainly defined the first third of my creative life." With this 50th anniversary tribute. I'm especially proud Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone is included as it captures Mario and my original vision in definitively concluding our epic trilogy. It's also gratifying to celebrate this milestone with Paramount alongside the wonderful fans who've loved it for decades, younger generations who still find it relevant today and those who will discover it for the first time. That last little bit is a phenomenal quote. It really is. It's crazy. The the younger generations and those who will discover it for the first time. Yeah, because my dad showed it to me. I'm sure his dad or grandpa or whoever showed it to him. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just a movie you have to see. You can't die without seeing The Godfather. You just you can't. You can't. You have to see it. I would even tell you have to see both of them. Yeah. Third one. Eh. Eh. Fun fact about the third one. Coppola wanted it to just be called the death of Michael Corleone and the studio said, no, it can't, that can't be the title. So I think he had to go with, with Godfather three. I mean, you kind of have to, yeah, he gets his way now. He gets it. He gets it. So it's funny. Cause if you look at the Godfather part three, if you look at the chapter list, the last chapter is the death of Michael Corleone. Hmm. So, and, and spoiler alert, he does. He, he, it's kind of a lame. Sorry, kind of a lame death. He like slumps over in a chair and he, he dies. But uh, so yeah, Godfather 4K coming to theaters and to home video. So you love to see it. Next bit of news uh, in the DC realm: Willem Dafoe, fresh off No Way Home and seeing how everybody loved that he was back as Norman Osborn, has quote fantasized about playing a joker opposite 
Joaquin Phoenix. Bryce, come on. This is this is just this is so you, man. You are you are all about William Defoe. Come on. You would absolutely love to see this. Come on. I don't think there's a lot of people that would say, no, I don't want to see this. So I'm, and I'm one of them. I I would want to see it. I would watch it. Absolutely. Um, Would it be extremely disturbing? Yes, absolutely. Uh, But nonetheless, it would probably be good. So quote goes on. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It'd be good. This quote goes on dueling jokers. Someone says he's the joker, but isn't the joker. That kind of opens up the possibility of an interesting story. Said Defoe. So it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for a couple reasons. Number one, DC sucks and they, they, they just, they suck. And number two, I don't think Joaquin Phoenix would play the Joker again. I think he's done. Really? I, I think he's done. He doesn't strike me as a franchise guy. Interesting. But to my knowledge, he hasn't been in any franchises. So interesting. I don't think he would, he would do that. He kind of carries, he's not on this level. He kind of carries himself as like a Daniel Day-Lewis. Very like a selective. one and done, like in and out. He's, he's just very, I mean, he's not as selective as Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis only was in like 18 movies in 40 years. Right. Where hmm. like Joaquin Phoenix, he's, he's very selective. I mean, he works with Paul Thomas Anderson. Here he worked with Todd Phillips. Um... You know, prestigious Ridley Scott on Gladiator. He works with prestigious directors, so I don't, I don't think he would do it. Maybe if Defoe's involved, he would. Maybe he hasn't worked with Defoe. I don't think he's worked with Defoe before. Maybe that would intrigue him. But mm. I just thought it was interesting. I threw it in here. I liked it. All right. And, and then Bryce, our last bit of news. I'm going to let you take this because you found the article and showed it to me, and. <laughs> Yes. I feel like we talk about this a lot too. I don't care because this was, this was big news and he was getting dragged on Twitter again. And it was just beautiful to see again, Zach, our boy, Josh Wheaton. Embarrassingly defends himself against justice league accusations (laughs) in an article uh, put out by vulture slash New York magazine in an article called the undoing of Josh Sweden. Perfect title. Perfect. <laughs> why, why do we continue to, to give this guy a platform to speak? I wonder how this, this came about. Cause I wonder well, if, cause the lady who wrote it, her name is Leela Shapiro. Did she reach out to him or did his agent call Vulture? and was like, please. So there was a quote in the article from Whedon saying he couldn't sit idly by while he watches his legacy ripped from his hands. I am guessing that Whedon, you know, his PR team did this article as a way of a saving grace. And honestly, it did absolutely nothing for him. It made it worse. If that was, I possible. think it made it worse. I think the most, the most, the worst thing was basically trashing Zack Snyder and his vision. But then in the process saying that Ray Fisher isn't a good actor and that the cyborg storyline was, didn't make any sense. Well, let me, let me just, let me be the first to tell you, Joss. I don't know if you've heard this. (laughs) I don't know if you watch Snyder cut justice league. Cyborg was awesome. 
His character was awesome. He was a focal point of the movie. You could honestly say none of that happens without Cyborg's character. It's like I told you today, you make a case for that movie. Cyborg was the most important character. I just, I, I don't get it. And then blaming Gal Gadot for, uh, you know, English not being her first language. Basically say she can't speak English is embarrassing. Because I, I don't know, I've, I've watched several Gal Gadot movies. I've watched Fast and Furious 6. I've watched Wonder Woman. I've watched Justice League. Um, forgive me, what else am I missing? And, and it sounds like pretty good English to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I, this is completely embarrassing. And stop taking candid photos and putting them in this article. Please stop showing me that. Yeah, don't don't. I mean, if you didn't have enough red flags with this guy already, just read this article and you will. He calls his mother, his own mother, calls her sexy in this article. I mean, that's uh, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. I don't even think you need context. Just I just that. Please nah, that. No, I mean, no. And Ray Fisher has been very active on Twitter today, shitting all over Joss Whedon and everything he said in the article. And rightfully uh, so. Rightfully so. I mean, when the whole cast of a movie comes out and says, this guy sucks, he probably sucks. Ben Affleck. If Ben Affleck says you suck, <laughs> right? Right. Right. And, and, and Ben Affleck and, and, and David Fincher had a standoff for three days. And I don't think Affleck has publicly like trashed David Fincher. No, no. I mean, Ben Affleck, he's kind of, he's not hard to work with, but he's a tough I, guy. He's a tough he's, guy. He's, he's stubborn at times. He's, he's stood up to Michael Bay. who's a big figure in Hollywood. Uh, shut down production on Gone Girl with David Fincher. And it's for him to trash anyone. Uh, is a big deal, I think. And now, you know, Ben Affleck, somebody who's been in through all the ups and downs anyone can have in a Hollywood career. Uh, personal and professional. Personal and professional. Uh, and for him to sh- shit on somebody, drag him through the mud, that says something to me. Uh, by the way, Ray Fisher, I thought he did a pretty nice job as Cyborg. I thought he was acting just fine. So, Joss, I'm sorry. That's He also had a quote... Because Joss Whedon uh, created Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and he said he, quote, had to sleep with Buffy stars because he owed it to his high school self. What the fuck? What the fuck? Just pretty embarrassing. Pretty embarrassing. Pretty embarrassing. If you want the whole story, uh, like we said, it's on Vulture. Uh, pretty, pretty sick stuff. But uh, Joss Whedon digging himself an even deeper grave. So you kind of love to see it. Do digging himself. He's just ensuring he's never going to work again. Yeah. So. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> goodbye, Joss. Uh, all right, Bryce. Into the show. Into the episode. Oh, wow, we're actually getting to it. Hey, yo, Boba, episode three, entitled "The Streets of Most Espa." Uh, like we said, at the top only one flashback scene. Bryce, uh, what was the flashback scene? Another tribe of Tuscans murdered, decimated, massacred, however you'd like to phrase that. You know, me and Zach, we talked about this, right? We talked about this. Why is it that the Tuscans are always getting murdered? Getting shot on. Like, stop wandering the desert. Build yourself a fort or, or a stronghold and hole up, man. Stop camping out in the middle of nowhere. 
and and just getting crapped on every time you do something. I mean, Mike, what do we do? None of them learn. Obviously, they don't talk. They don't talk. No. What are we doing? And this one hurt because finally the Tuscans are shown to be an intelligent species. And a a species you can empathize with. Characters you can empathize with. Yes. And now they are murdered off screen while Boba is away for, what, an hour or two? And... I put in the notes deja vu Anakin because obviously the famous scene in Attack of the Clones, Anakin Skywalker murders his own tribe of Tuscans. Um, did he have a reason to? Yeah, they, they killed his mom, but not, you still don't kill all of them. I mean, come on. Come on. Not the men and the no. women and the children, please. Men and the women and the children. <laughs> Please, please, Anakin, please. Uh, so we start out. We have Watermonger Lortha Peel. That is his name. Lortha Peel comes to the palace and asks Boba to punish the gang that stole his water supply in Mos Espa. Although this doesn't go as he planned. Uh, first, a little bit on water on Tatooine. If you're, I mean, if you've ever seen a Star Wars thing, you know Tatooine's just a big fucking desert. It's just a massive desert planet. All there is is sand. It's the most valuable resource on Tatooine. Uh, the planet used to be, they talk about it a little bit in this episode, used to be flowing with water. Uh, the water, the oceans all dried up, and now water has become the most valuable resource. Uh, the Lars family, uh, Uncle Owen, Amperu, Luke's aunt and uncle from episode four. They were moisture farmers on Tatooine. Uh, and then Mos Espa, uh, the town, was host of the pod race in episode one, The Phantom Menace. So Mos Espa, pretty big city on Tatooine. Probably the most important city. Um, Lortha Peel tells Boba he isn't respected on Tatooine. And then he gets, he gets shot on. What does what does Boba do, Bryce? Well, Boba just hires the people that were stealing water from him. Like, oh yeah, thank you, thank you for this crew. Oh, by the way, you better cut your prices, otherwise I'll be back here. <laughs> so he employs this whole crew. They're like cyborgs. Uh, I was looking up their description. Uh, they were interesting. They were interesting. Like something I was like, all right, are we in Star Trek or are we in Star Wars? Not sure. Yeah, I was getting cyborg vibes. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, you know what? It's it's an interesting take. I like the speeder bikes that they got. They're like they're like scooters. You know, they different. They're bright, colorful. Um, but I mean, Bobo is is achieving what he say what he says. He's going to rule through respect. How do you get respect? You become a man of the people, Zach. You become a man of the people. You will get tributes from the people because now they have money to afford water. Now they have extra income. Now you can pay Boba Fett. You can pay what's rightfully his. So he gets his tribute from Peel one way or another. Like Bryce said, he made him cut the prices. Uh, in half. It's pretty significant. Yeah, in half. So uh, Lorth Peel going to have to come up with a new budget plan. Because he's... I'm sure he's just fine. <laughs> he's acting like he was hurting for money, but if you're a water dealer, I think you're fine. Um, 
Boba then enters the back to tank, and the only flashback of the episode commences. He goes to collect a toll from the pikes after derailing their train in epic fashion. Uh, he returns to find that the Nikto biker gang has slaughtered the tribe. So the biker gang has come back for revenge. Uh, this is the gang that Boba stole the speeders from at the bar. I think it was in episode two. Uh, Boba, a true warrior, burns the bodies, gives them proper send off. Uh, and Boba will no fucking doubt get his vengeance because he's Boba Fett. Bryce, here's a question for him. The, the Tuscan trainer, who I still can't find a name for. I, I've looked, I've looked, maybe I'm not looking hard enough, but I can't find a name for him. He, he doesn't show up on the cast. Is he dead or did he escape? Because he, we didn't see a body. We just saw a pile of bodies being burned, but we didn't see his body or her body. I don't know. I, I feel like I thought we saw it. I thought we did. We saw the chief for sure. The chief is dead. I don't know if we okay. saw the trainer. Maybe I missed it. I want, it I is interesting. It is. This could be something or this could be nothing. Yeah, maybe I'm making too much. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know if I should give it, if I should give this energy or not. I think it's interesting to keep an eye on. I, my hope is that they're alive. He or she, they're alive. Um, I think it's a she. I think it is a she. Okay. I saw a tweet, I saw a tweet when the, the show premiered and it was saying, it was like a tweet of badass females in Star Wars and she was on there. It was like Leia, Padme, Ahsoka, and her. So Okay. All right. She, well, I don't know her name. Uh, hopefully she's alive. I'm hoping it's a case where Boba meets her down the road. Maybe it's intertwining and she shows up in the present tense. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe she helps out with the war with the pikes. Yeah. Uh, but we could also be making too much out of it. We don't know. Uh, the flashback ends abruptly when <laughs> Black Chrysanthemum, the Wookiee bounty hunter, attacks Boba, rips, rips him, him. <laughs> from his slumber out of the back of the tank. Bryce, here's my fucking, here's my question. Where the fuck <laughs> are these loyal Gamorrean guards? Uh, well, I think they were in slumber for the evening. <laughs> they got to sleep sometime. Give them a break. Just give them a you. break. Just two of you take shifts. What, what about, what about, uh, what about, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Fennec. What about Fennec? She can sleep. It's not her job to guard Boba. She took a while to show up though. She did. She did. But I mean, the Gamorreans. It's indefensible. It's bad. It's a bad look for Fennec Shand. I'm not saying it's not, but the Gamorreans, <laughs> like, you have served Jabba and you have served Bib Fortuna. And now I, don't, I didn't see Jabba getting killed in his sleep. I didn't see Bib getting killed in his sleep. So what the fuck? Where look, are you? man. Look, he's a bounty hunter. He's skilled. He's trained. Where are, I mean, he's basically ass naked in there. He has no weapons when he ripped out. <laughs> it is a brutal fight, Bryce. It was. It was, it was entertaining, though. Plus, he's all slippery. Uh, you know, Black Chrysanthemum, he has those padded feet. He has a better grip. He's not slipping around like Boba is. All right. I mean, fuck. It was a brutal fight. 
uh, a little bit Bane Batman esque because I thought I thought Boba Spine was being took sick. some hard hits, took some very hard hits in in this fight. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. did you think his spine was gone? I don't know. It looked bad. It looked bad. I, I, I don't know. Things were moving. Things were moving so fast in the fight. Like I didn't really have time to comprehend it all. Yeah, I'm just like, all right, but we'll show back up. And there he was, you know, and yeah. you know, towards the end of the fight, and what happened to to uh, Mr. Black or Um It's just a, it was an entertaining fight. I gotta say that though. So we finally get our fight with them. We did. We had to I wait expect whole, it so soon. No. Well, we had to wait one episode, not even, to get it. So it was, it was nice. Uh, it took literally the whole team to bring him down. Uh, he's captured. Black Chrysanthemum is captured and thrown in the rancor pit. The rancor pit. Uh, the twins, the twin huts, Jabba's cousins arrive and trade a rancor to Boba, who comes with a tray a trainer named Danny Trejo. Yeah, baby. Trejo. Yeah, baby. Yes. Who expected Danny Trejo to be in Star Wars? Not me. No one. Absolutely no one. Are we happy that he's here? No. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I am I am for this. Well, I mean, I think the I think the biggest thing though is one, Rancor uh when Boba Fett ends up riding this Rancor and pulls up mm. in a Rancor to fight. He will get respect. That's awesome. <laughs> But also, I think the bigger news are the twins are leaving. Yeah, they're fucking off. They're gone. They're leaving. And I like, I don't know. I feel like there's something else behind that, right? Like, they just very easily just said, all right, yeah, we're bouncing. You should too. Well, why are you telling me to bounce? You know, like, is are you just saying Tatooine is just that bad of a planet now? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but... I feel like there's something more there. There is something more. I mean, he, they hint at the mayor has promised Tatooine to somebody else. Um, so they're kind of giving up on getting the palace and the throne back. They could be fucking off because they know a war is coming with the pikes and they don't want to be a part of that, which I understand the pikes are savages. Yes. So, that could be it. I'm just, I'm kind of glad the twins are gone. I kind of hope they don't come back. They're kind of pissing me off. Yeah, yeah. Miss me on that, please. Yeah, please. The Huts had their time. All right. Yeah, please, please go away. It's it's Boba's time. Please on Tatooine. So Boba gets a rancor with Danny Trejo, a little package deal. I love it. I absolutely love it. Bryce, as Bryce said, he will train and ride the rancor. As his, his, his pet. It's going to be so awesome. It's going to be awesome. Uh, <sighs> Black Chrysanthemum is released. He is traded. It was basically, he was traded and his, freedom. Contract, his contract was bought out by the Huts. Yes. That's basically what it was. A sign and trade and then a wave. How long before he's back? Uh, I feel like he... We'll get recruited by Boba for the Pike War. That's my. That's my. Here's my prediction. Prediction. What? I like your prediction, and it very well could happen. I'm saying Chrysanthemum gets hired by the mayor. Oh shit! Wow. The mayor needs. The mayor knows he needs protection now because how easily Boba gets into his room 
and gets yeah, that didn't take long at all. Gets through the door. He's done it twice now. Just blows past the front desk and yeah. Lucky he wasn't there. He's very lucky he wasn't there. Well, let's talk about the mayor. Let's talk about the mayor. What about him? Let's talk gone. About him. Gone. He is gone. He is gone. Boba and the gang go to question the mayor. <laughs> Uh, about who he promised Tatooine to, as he learned from the twins. It ends up in a chase with the henchmen that we're very familiar with now. Uh, did you enjoy this little chase? Because it it was getting shit on on Twitter a little bit. People were calling the gang the Power Rangers. <laughs> That's I mean, pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah, they, they're bikes. You could say the Power Rangers. I saw Here's one calling thing. them the Teletubbies. Oh, no. Okay, here's my thing. Here's my thing about it. That blame? I feel like they were going extremely slow. It was like a slow motion race. I'm like, this is not really fun. They're like, okay, you know, like, I mean, it was, it's fine. It's I'm, fine. I'm not a speeder expert. Don't, and don't act like, don't act like, okay, he, here's where I would have been okay with it. If his assistant, if the assistant got away, mm. but you knew the whole time he's going to get caught. This is dumb. So why are we doing this long speeder, slow speeder chase for him just to get caught? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It was fine. It's fine. It's fine. It was all right. Uh, you know, not a memorable chase. I mean, I'll give the haters that it wasn't a memorable chase scene, but. No, I'm not gonna be like, dude. Remember that speeder chase? No, I'm not. I'm not. No, no. I'm actually not. But to call it the Teletubbies, I mean, come on, it wasn't. That That's bad. tough. That's <laughs> tough. That's tough. It wasn't that bad. Uh, but the cyborg gang proves their worth. The henchman uh, is caught predictably, and he says he ponies up information very quickly. He says the mayor is working with the Pikes. And then, <laughs> yeah, that was a quick flip. That was very quick. He was very willing to cooperate. Uh, <laughs> I think. He I don't think both. he had a choice. No, no. I think he knows. There's. They're done fucking around. Boba's done messing yes. around. Yes. So yeah, yeah. I think he was more than happy to oblige. <laughs> and the last shot is Boba and Fennec preparing for a war with the Pike Syndicate. So that's. Yes. Be, yes. I can't wait. There's probably going to be. Uh, <laughs> That's probably what that's going to be. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the show. There's four episodes left in the series. Uh, it's quickly escaping us. So the Pikes and the Fett Clan about to brawl in Tatooine. So you love to see it. Moving on to questions, Bryce. We got some categories for our final new category. Questions: Are the flashbacks almost done? I don't, you know what? I think, no, I think we're going to get them all season. Okay. I think we're going to get them all season. I think there's a lot more to tell. Um, he still hasn't lost his armor for the second time. Right. Or, or he really hasn't found his armor. Hasn't yet. I, it. I guess there isn't a second time. Eh? So I, I, no, I think this is going to span the entire season, which I'm fine with. Totally fine with. I'm enjoying the backstory. I'm enjoying what's happening. You almost kind of want more, but then you also kind of want present time as well. So, no, I don't think they are done. I don't think they're done either. Uh, maybe I think they're going to go on the rest of the season, like you said. Uh, the only reason I had that question was because the tribe is gone. 
So the rest of the flashbacks in my, you know, I'm guessing probably going to be mostly solo Boba. Yeah. Uh, maybe looking for any survivors that got away or maybe he meets Fennec in one of these flashbacks. I'm guessing he does. So I'm thinking the flashbacks will just lead up to him getting his armor back and meeting Mando, but we, we shall see. And then the last question, uh, I kind of answered it already for myself, but will oh, Boba yeah. recruit Black Chrysanthemum for the Pike War? Very, very possible. Very possible. I, I'm not, I'm not going to be mad if I, if, if my, uh, my prediction is wrong. I'm down for it. I want to see him again. I think he's cool. Uh, I think he's got really interesting weapons, like the, those like electric bloody knuckles. Oh, um, oh, oh, he messed some people up with those. He's he's a badass. I was watching an origin story video on him at lunch today <laughs> because I'm a degenerate. Yes, yes, you are. And yes, he was are. he was a gladiator by choice. He chose to be a gladiator. Nice, nice. And, uh, found out he made more money as a bounty hunter. So yeah, here he is. Like, hmm. um, I hope. I hope he gets recruited, but we we shall see. Maybe a little ten day contract. Boba throws it. Yeah, well, well, COVID relief. <laughs> well, COVID relief. There you go. <laughs> uh, one of our famous categories: Who got it the worst? Ah, classic. I think there's a clear winner here, but I want to run through them all. I only have three. The Gamorian guard who got a part of his shoulder eaten by Chrysanthem. Uh. Chrysanthemum fumbles away a fight that he had in the bag and then gets unemployed. He loses his job after that. And then the Tuscan tribe uh, ransacked. Burned. Yeah, so that's my pick, the Tuscan tribe. Yeah, I, th- I, yeah, I think that's the clear winner here, I, I, honestly. I mean, you just lost an entire tribe. No choice. Yeah, that's... yeah, Gone. You're, you're gone. You're Nothing. Uh, McMorians. I'll put Gamorian 2. Just because getting a <laughs> that yeah. automatically qualifies you as Gamorian too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you got you got your shoulder eaten. He's gonna have a sweet scar though. He is. He is. We'll see if it grows back. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Uh, and then the famous, the most famous. Ah uh, yes. Segment. The block in the back award. Ah uh, yes. Brainless yes, yes. decision in the episode. I have two. We have the mayor's henchman trying to outrun Boba for like the third time. And we have the Gamorrean guards asleep at the wheel while their their master gets assaulted in bed. Can I can I add one? Sure. And it's gonna be my winner. Okay. My block in the back is Lorth Appeal asking <laughs> Boba Fett to take care of his petty his petty stuff. <laughs> and then turns around and loses half of his business. You know what? I'm gonna, I was going to go Gamorreans, but I'm going <laughs> to go Lord's Appeal because it totally brainless, <laughs> brainless. You go and you snitch, you snitch because you inflated prices. He's like, he's like the insulin guy. He's like or the, the insulin guy that, and now, now he, the insulin guy has to return like millions of dollars <laughs> from profit. How about that? How about that? You got greedy and you lost, you lost L. <laughs> Now you're making half the money you were. So sorry. <laughs> so congrats. <laughs> oh, by the way, these guys, they work for me. 
They can drink whatever water they want. They're not going to be punished at all, actually. Yeah. Actually, you're going to be punished. Yeah. So so great. So, and have a good night. Have a good night. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) All right, Bryce, our final two. The big winner and the big loser. Who's your big winner? Big winner, big winner, big winner. Um, well, I mean, I, I for me, it's kind of clear. I think I think it's the, the the cyborg gang. I think that's the big winner. Um, you go from scrounging water uh, to uh, working for you know who will or who will become the biggest crime lord on the planet um, and will rule the planet eventually. Um, so I think that's the biggest winner. You go from rags to riches real quick. I like it. I like it. My big winner is the Rancor. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. The Rancor returning to its rightful place in Java's palace. Yes. And I think we'll have a better owner because it looks like he will get to leave the dungeon. Yes. Be outside in the world. So the yes. Rancor. The Rancor is my big winner. Uh, and my big loser. Uh, I'll go first, Bryce. Black Chrysanthemum. Who's my big loser? Ah, tough. Tough, but he's free. But he's free. He's free. He's free. He's unemployed. And He'll find work somewhere else. I think he will. He's unemployed, and he fumbled the bag. He'll so. be all right. He'll, he'll, he'll land on his feet. Temporary loser, Black Chrysanthemum. My big loser has to be the Hut Twins, because yeah. you just don't give away Danny Trejo. You just don't give that guy away. Okay. That guy is, is a, is a national treasure. Yeah. Okay. And you just give him away like that to work for a crime Lord. I'm telling you, Trejo is not done in this series and it's going to be awesome. He's not done. I hope he sticks He's around. I mean, how do you also, you just toss away rancor. Like it's nothing. It's a joke. You it's a joke. Hell? What the fuck? <laughs> Zach, I have a wild card for you. Yes. I read this today. All right. Star Wars related news. JJ right. Abrams. Oh, fuck. Going back to his debacle of a trilogy right. that we choose to acknowledge or not acknowledge. No. Had an idea that Lucasfilms took executive action and told him not to do this. JJ Abrams wanted to destroy the planet of Coruscant. Absolutely obliterate it. Lucasfilm oh. stepped in and said no. Zach, how does that make you feel? Wow. Wow. Well, of course, Aunt, you make a case. The most important planet. It's the capital of the galaxy. Hello. And J.J. Abrams just thought blowing it up would be a great idea and, and would make people love him. <laughs> I think wow. it would do the opposite. I think it would do the opposite, especially for prequel fans. Since Coruscant is such a mess. A lot of shit happens on Coruscant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> and the Clone Wars. So, Hello, JJ. I mean, we've been through this time and again, but the sequel trilogy is not all his fault. It's not all his fault. I actually thought he did a pretty good job setting up, teeing it up for Ryan Johnson. But it's, I mean, you gotta, I mean, if, no, no. If that's true, can't believe I'm saying it, but thank God for Kathleen Kennedy for saying no. <laughs> Maybe it was George Lucas who said no. So it was a Twitter thread that was later deleted. 
I have a feeling there were some NDAs that were that were uh, not not uh, fired. Yes, people lost jobs. <laughs> um, but uh, nonetheless, that is a rumor that is out there now, uh, and just goes to show you that JJ Abrams. I don't feel like he had a plan, and a lot of people said inside the organization said he did not have a plan going into those Star Wars films. Mm, great. So that's great. There you go. Anyway, sorry, Zach, to hijack your pod for a minute. No, oh, oh, please do. Please do. Uh, that is, yeah, that explains a lot if that's true. Um, yeah. Also, a reason I do not acknowledge, you know, that, that trilogy as canon. I just, I don't. All right. Right. Our final and newest topic. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. We're going to do this every week for the rest of our Boba Fett recaps. Star Wars top fives. This week, we are doing our top five favorite Star Wars characters. They can be from the movies, the shows, whatever. Oh, I'm nervous. Uh, I also have some honorable mentions. Um, like I said, I made an audible at the, <laughs> before you came on the Zoom. Oh. Move, very late substitution, but I'm happy. I'm happy with my five. Okay, okay. So we'll start at number five. Bryce, give me your number five. Am I catching for this? The Mandalorian. Ah! Number five. Number five, the Mandalorian. Okay. He's awesome. His bounty hunting days are the, the stories that they're telling is awesome. Maybe it's too early to, to do that. I don't, I don't care. Think so. I don't care. I don't care. He's I don't awesome. So. I don't I don't think it's too early because that show rocks. You can make a case it's the best product Lucasfilm has put out since they acquired Star Wars. I would say it's that or Rogue One. I mean, that Rogue One or the last season of Clone Wars, I would say, is I'd probably lean Mandalorian. But fuck, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Uh, how about this? What do you think is his signature moment? Mandos? Yeah. Boy. I think the signature is when he takes his helmet off, trying to get through. Has to be. I think I think that's I think that's one of the biggest ones. I, I think there's a couple that you can look at and be like, yeah, you know, that was him staving off, uh, you know, the guards and, and the enemy trying to get Grogu uh, before Luke shows up. Sorry if you haven't seen it. My bad. Um, it's been a year. It's been a year. You have time. Okay, you should have seen it by now. Um, I like that though because because it was it was all right. We're gonna do whatever it takes. Um, I'm not supposed to take my helmet off, but here we go anyway. And we get to see Pedro Pascal finally unveil himself. I like it. I don't think it's too early at all. I think he's awesome. So Mando is Bryce's number five. Beautiful. My number five. General Grievous. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, I knew he was probably going to make your list. General You're Grievous. a fan. You're a big fan. I'm a massive fan. Are we going to have more Sith characters? Like more than half your list is Sith characters? Uh, no. No. Wow. 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 Okay. Okay. I will say this. All five on my list wield a lightsaber. All five of them. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I am the complete opposite then. Oh, wow. Well, not the complete okay. opposite, but, but, but I think my four is going to shock you. And I think my four will shock you as well. All right. All right. Well, I'm going General Grievous at five because 
I think the prequels would have been a hell of a lot. I mean, I, I like the prequels a lot. I love them. I love I love all of the first six Star Wars movies uh, to varying degrees, but I love them all, even episode one. I think we'll have to do some pods on these. Absolutely, we will. Don't worry about that. We absolutely will. Uh, but I just think the prequels, with all the faults that they have, then they have some. Um, I think they could have benefited from more General Grievous in episodes one and two, probably two the most. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, but he had awesome moments in uh, the Clone Wars. And I think his signature moment is the, f- the fight with Obi-Wan where he ultimately dies. But <clears throat> I mean, General Kenobi. I mean, that's like the General Kenobi. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's an iconic Star Wars line. So I'm going General Grievous at number All right. five. All right. Give me your number four. I'm going to have to explain myself. Okay. Number four, Chewbacca. Oh, fuck. You don't have to explain yourself. But look, like, I mean, here's the thing about Chewbacca, right? Like, the, there's only one song that pops into my head when it's Chewbacca. It's thank you for being a friend. <laughs> You've got because he's you. he's always there. He's always there. Like, like he's one of your most loyal friends. Okay. He's fuzzy. If you're cold, he's got you. Okay. Oh. He's very comforting. He wields an awesome gun. It's called a bowcaster fucking awesome that's awesome and i i love his i love his his hometown or his home planet uh i just love chewbacca man i know we we don't know anything that he says but he's just always there he's in the right place at the right time if you want to go back to the unrecognized or the uh, the unacknowledged uh uh trilogy right go back to force awakens okay johnny on the spot baby Mm-hmm. Johnny on the spot, mm-hmm. injured, firing off shots <laughs> like a champ. Shoots Kylo after he kills Han. Shoots yeah. Him shoulder. Great shot. What a shot. Injured and all. Chewbacca's my four. He's, he's loyal as hell. He will never falter in his loyalty. So I, I'm never going to. He's one of the OGs. Plus a great yeah. origin story in Solo. So I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to push back on that at all. My number four, Qui Gon Jin. Wow, he made your list. He made my list. He made seriously my list. He made my list. Wow, we got a sample size from him. I'm factoring in his appearances in some books too. Okay, uh, all right. Mostly, mostly as portrayed by Liam Neeson. Yes. Why he's on this list, but he was in some kick-ass books. There was a book about him and Obi-Wan. I forget what it was. I think it was called Master and Apprentice, but it was a very good book. Okay. Uh, I mean, Qui-Gon, he's, he's very unorthodox. If you didn't know this, Bryce, he was not on the Jedi Council. He was a Jedi Master. He was not on the Council. Wow. That's... Did he decline? Just not ask? Like... He... He was considered a, a renegade, a maverick. He had different beliefs from the Jedi Council. Which is weird because you didn't get that vibe in, in the movie. You didn't, but you definitely got it in the books. And Okay. All right. The, I'll take the, your word for the it. The comics, he clashed with Mace Windu quite often. Mace Windu 
Oh, no, that would be awesome. You know, Mace Windu really this by the book guy and Qui-Gon Jinn was not. It was actually, they actually didn't want him to train Obi-Wan originally because they thought he was too much of a, a maverick. But I like him. Yeah, well, I like that him. worked out. Worked out very well. I think Obi-Wan had great training. So I yeah. think he was, I think he was fine. And he also discovered life after death, how to become a force ghost. So there's that. Uh, his signature moment got to be his duel with Darth Maul. Didn't end well for him, but no, did not. It was an awesome, awesome duel. And also finding Anakin, finding the chosen one. He yeah, did, he did do that. So and my number four, Qui-Gon Jinn. Bryce, you're number three. <laughs> Ah, numero three. It's got to be the small green guy himself, Yoda, the ultimate Jedi master. I mean, he's in every single, every single movie. Um, We even get offspring. Well, it's not his offspring, but we get what what a mini Yoda would look like in the Mandalorian, which is awesome. Um, Some of the most memorable fights, lightsaber duels. We can remember him and Palpatine. Oh, 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 I have it second. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I have it second ever. I mean, that yeah. shit was awesome. And, and you know what? That Think about that. The top two lightsaber duels took place in the same movie. At the same time. <laughs> yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Amazing. Amazing. I think I have to rewatch that show oh, soon. I need it in 4K. I need it. I need it. I need it now. Yes. Revenge of the yes. Sith. Please. Please. So that's your number three, Yoda. Yes. My number three, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's low. It's my number three. That's low. Yes. This was uh, tough. Uh, my, my top two I were locked in. So Obi-Wan is my number three. Uh, take your pick on his signature moment. I mean, take your pick. You can give me the high ground. It's probably the high ground. Give me the high ground. It's probably the high ground. You can make a case. Him beating Darth Maul the first time. They fought a couple times. Uh, you. Could, what about when he dies in in four? You can make a case. It's that. Uh, what else? I mean, shit. There's so many. Dis- discovering the the clone army. He did. He did that. He discovered the clone army. I mean, it just Good. just a solid guy to have on your team. Just a solid guy. So he may not take, always win, but he's gonna come back. He's gonna come back, and he's he's. he's I mean, he took a guy on with four arms, and he won four. And he won. Yes. Yes. So yes, Bryce, you're number two. This one is a fun one for me. Ah. And I really enjoy this character. Mace Windu and his purple lightsaber. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, I think it's I, maybe some of it's casting with Samuel L. I don't care. But Mace Windu is an awesome character. I, in fact, like, are we, there's still rumors out there. Is he dead? I hope not. I don't know. I hope not. And I hope not. Would I, would I absolutely watch a Mace Windu show right now? The answer is yes. Oh, Any Star Wars it. fan would answer yes. His death was not needed in the plot. It made a statement. 
in the, in the time of the movies, yes, absolutely did, but it was not necessary that he die. Give me Mace Windu it too. I like it. I like it. I like it so much. As a matter of fact, the Mace Windu is almost. He is my number two. Yeah, baby. Yeah, we got something. Yeah, Mace Windu is a fucking <laughs> badass. I don't He's an animal. I don't care if it's because of the casting, Bryce. I like that you mentioned his death. Because fun fact about the casting, also, if you didn't know this, you might know this, Bryce. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson said he would do the role, he would take the role, only if his lightsaber could be purple. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's freaking awesome, dude. It's rememberable. It's it's very memorable. Uh, he <sighs> differing accounts from books I've read and stuff, but considered the most powerful Jedi. Considered the most skilled duelist. Which, but then that kind of makes it look bad, though, for, for his quote-unquote death. Here's the thing about his death. I'm glad you brought it up. By the way, if he's alive, it's kind of bullshit because that death was pretty... Absolutely it is. <laughs> will I absolutely buy whatever BS they give us, how he survived? Yes. I will eat it with a spoon. Just like I accepted how Han lived in F9. I don't care. I don't I don't care. I don't care. He's here. I don't care. <laughs> Could care less. His signature moments. Uh let's just get one thing straight. He beat the Emperor in a light yes. He beat him. Yes, he did. I mean he 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 beat him. Uh, there's always been theories that Palpatine threw the fight at the last second because he could sense Anakin coming. I don't I don't think so. I think he just lost. And he's very lucky. He's very lucky Anakin showed up. Very, very yes. lucky. Uh, so there's that. Um, other signature moment, killing Jango Fett in like five seconds. Talk about a, the, one of the biggest L's in the, in the Star Wars cinematic universe. <laughs> Jango Fett getting decapitated. Getting all of his blaster shots deflected. And then getting decapitated. A bounty hunter looks like an amateur. And then Dooku gets the fuck you stare down from Mace Windu. So. Yeah, he did. That was an awesome yeah. scene. That was an awesome scene. And Dooku's like, oh shit. Oh, <laughs> I think we just lost. Oh no. So uh, Mace Windu, my number two. There's a great book about him called Shatterpoint. Uh, about him and an apprentice he had at one time. So ah. check that out. And my number one, well, uh, give me your number. One. You know, my number one, but give me yours. So my number one is Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. I just, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, he's, he's one of the most consistent characters throughout the entire film trilogy or film series. Um, a lot of things start and end with him. Um, and he's in some of the most pivotal moments in the series. So, I mean, it, it's hard to exclude him. I just like him too. I mean, he, he's what he stands for what's right. What's good. Um, in the film, he gives you that, that good, that good arc in the entire series. So, yeah. um, he's my number one. Again, you could go through several signature moments. I mean, my favorite is the battle on Mustafar. Mm. It's, it's, yep. it's an all timer. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get uh, tough omissions from the list. I think we're going to talk about some honorable mentions. I got some for sure. I think some of ours will match up. Yeah, I think they will too. 
Uh, and my number one, no surprise to Bryce, but it's Darth Maul. Darth Maul, um, in my opinion, the biggest badass in the franchise. He just looks like a badass. Looks and acts and talks like a badass because he is. Uh, I love the story. When they brought him back in Clone Wars, I, uh, my young self, I think I was like 14, was just rejoicing. Just rejoicing because he was he was back. Uh, had a great story arc in the Clone Wars all the way through. Came back in Rebels for a little bit. Uh, appeared at the end of Solo. Sorry if you haven't seen Solo, but it's been like four years. It's awesome. So, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, signature moments for him: killing Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, I mean that's really what you. That's really what you remember. He was Darth Maul was the first Sith Lord spotted by a Jedi in thousands of years. Um, taking Mandalore, taking over Mandalore in the Clone Wars, uh, beating Pre Vizsla, and then getting the Darksaber. There's that. And then the end of the Clone Wars show, that whole arc with him, um, he knows Anakin is going to turn to the dark side, tries to warn Ahsoka. She kind of listens, kind of doesn't. Uh, but he did try and warn. Uh, so he's not all bad. He tried. He tried to warn about that. So that's our top five. Our top five favorite Star Wars characters. Bryce, give me some honorable mentions. You got. Here's a fun one. Ewoks. Love the Ewoks. Yeah. Um, they have a, a special place in my heart. Um, Anakin, uh, pre Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an awesome character. I really enjoyed his different looks um, in each movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of a fun progression to see. So a big honorable mention for me. Han Solo has to make it as well. Um, I think yeah. he he's just, he brings the humor. He brings the sarcasm. Um, just the get it done attitude. Love that. Um, for me, that's really about it. Those are, those are really my favorites. Love it. Uh, a couple ones that you mentioned. Yoda, very tough omission. Very tough. tough. Uh, probably the goat Jedi of all time. Um, then I got Mando. He was a tough omission as well. I have Luke Skywalker, episode six version. Was that a really tough omission though? So now that I'm thinking about this, maybe we save this for a different pod. Is Luke Skywalker really a likable character? He's... I mean, Darth Vader is the most famous character from the franchise, and then it's probably Luke Skywalker. I would, I would. Say. But is he a likable character? In the first episode, in episode four, no, he's not. And to a degree, episode five, he's not. He's he's kind of a bitch. He, he kind of is. <laughs> I mean, just just being honest. That's why I said episode six, because episode six, he's a badass. That's fair. He's in all black. He's got the new flashy green lightsaber. It is pretty sick. Uh, awesome, very emotional fight with Darth Vader at the end. That is sick. With the Emperor, so amazing. Uh, some other notable mentions. Uh, Captain Rex, uh, probably the biggest beneficiary, him and Ahsoka of the Clone Wars. Just a badass character. Ahsoka, another honorable mention. Uh, great arc. Didn't start out very likable in the beginning of that show and then became one of the most beloved 
characters. And then I have some Siths to round it out. I have Darth Bane and Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis is my favorite Star Wars book. I've read it like three times. What you have? Darth Bane invented the rule of two. The rule of two where there's only two Sith at a time. No more, no less. Uh, He invented that. Before that, the Sith used to be like the Jedi. There was a Sith order, just like there's a Jedi order. There used to be hundreds of Siths. And Darth Bane cut it down to two. And then uh, I have Count Dooku. Count Dooku, uh, an elder statesman, one of the great duelists, former Jedi. Uh, so I like his I like his story. So there you go, folks. Next week, we're doing the top five favorite Star Wars movies. So, and then after that, we'll figure it out from there. Boy, oh boy. But maybe the top five duels. Boy, oh boy. So a new, a new category for these episodes. We got four more, four more episodes. Some plugs, Bryce, you and Caleb, what do you got? Yeah, man. Uh, we had a great, uh, great opening weekend of, uh, of playoffs this week. Uh, wildcard weekend. Um, a lot of, uh, yep, that was supposed to happen uh, this week. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, definitely some coaching carousel to catch up on too. Amazing. Great insanity. Uh, Power Hour had the Warriors, the Celtics, and the Spurs last week. Uh, so check that out. Warriors, I think, second best team in the NBA record-wise. Yes. So, yes. And then on Cinema, Boba Episode 4 recap next week with me and Bryce. Uh, we have our superhero movie extravaganza, which will probably take place after Boba wraps up, uh, anniversary pods. I have outlined a schedule for 2012, which is a 10 year anniversary of me and Bryce looking this up at work stacked year, a stacked year. Yes. So I think for the first 10 year anniversary pod, we're going to do. Django Unchained, Skyfall, and Silver Linings Playbook. Thank you. Oh, heaters. <laughs> We're going to do those heaters. Three. And then for the second, 2012 was so good. I thought it deserved a couple. So for the second one, we're doing The Amazing Spider-Man, Argo, and The Avengers. So, yes. Oh, yes. And then for 2002, the 20th anniversary, the Born Identity will definitely be featured. Mm. The Two Towers, Lord of the Rings. Yes. And then I haven't decided on the third movie. I'm still discussing with my legal team uh, what we can, what we can. In talks. Discuss. Arbitration is being brought in. Yes. We'll have everything settled. We're in talks with multiple movies. Uh, yet to be seen. Favorite movie series will continue as well. Next on the docket, Interstellar with William Hogsett. Another Nolan masterpiece. And then Bryce. My plan is to have you and Cooper on to discuss Dune. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Dune. We will have a great conversation. Uh, Any time with Coop is a good time. I don't think we've done a pod together. No, I don't um, think so. So very interested to uh, to see how that goes. I think it will go great. Dune. Uh, my opinion, second best movie of last year. Uh, definitely a best picture nominee. It has to be. Uh, has my to thing. Be. My thing with these movies. Uh, 
that come out in theaters. I don't want to do them on the pod until they're out on home video. That way, everybody's had a chance to see it. There's no excuse if you haven't seen it. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do with No Way Home. I'm waiting for the home release for that to do a pod on that. So that's what I have coming up on cinema. Bryce, a great episode in the books. Yes, sir. We don't have to wait long for another episode. We are right around the corner. No, we do not. This will come out uh, tomorrow when actually chapter four is premiering. So as always, folks, thank you very much for listening.